Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. We could try to explain what it's like to get your work done on a John Deere mower, compact tractor, or Gator XUV. But to really understand the feeling, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Money Girl, a podcast that helps you master your money so you can live rich and love the journey. I'm Laura Adams, a personal finance expert and award-winning author based in Austin, Texas. From time to time, my quick and dirty tips editor, Alyssa, sends me a really great money question that she or a close friend is struggling with. And since I also want to stay in her good graces, that's what we're going to cover today. So if you're ready, here it goes. Alyssa says, My boyfriend and I have been living together for two years and still can't figure out the best way to manage money as a couple. We're serious and think about our finances as one pot of money. However, one of us makes more than the other. Should we split everything 50-50 or buy how much we make? And what's the best way to handle credit cards and bank accounts? No matter if you're in a serious relationship like Alyssa or have already tied the knot, managing money as a new couple can be tricky. Everyone's situation and preferences are different, so there is not a one-size-fits-all system. However, there are critical do's and don'ts that will help you avoid potential disagreements and create a great financial life. So I'm going to cover six money management tips that Alyssa and every new couple should follow. To read the transcript of this show and get links to everything that I mention, and maybe even to dig into more resources on this topic, be sure to visit the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Just look for episode number 462 called Six Tips to Manage Money for New Couples. And that's also where you can find the full archive of shows that may predate what's available in iTunes or other podcast aggregators that you're using. There are literally eight years of shows, so there's a lot there. Okay, let's dive into the tips. I've got a lot to cover. Tip number one, know where your relationship stands. Since every relationship is different, my first tip is to be realistic about the status of yours. If you are a committed couple, then your money should follow. Leap in and merge every aspect of your finances. Uniting money with joint accounts is the best way to work and succeed as a team. And that's what you become as a couple. Steer your future as a couple by deciding how to budget, how much to save, whether to buy a home, and so on. When you're in a committed relationship, all financial decisions should be discussed and shared equally. Otherwise, you're just living two separate lives under one roof. It doesn't matter if only one person works, one earns more than the other, or one brings more debt into the relationship. Love doesn't keep score when it comes to money. 
This is how I recommend you manage money as a couple because it's how my husband and I have managed our finances for a long time, and it's worked very well for us. Our vocabulary doesn't even include the phrases, my money and your money. It's our money. But if you're not 100% committed and certain that you will be with your partner forever, or you have any reservations about merging money, then please don't. You might feel sophisticated buying a house together or sharing a credit card, but it's incredibly risky to share debt, bank accounts, or investments with someone you don't fully trust. Untangling joint accounts after a breakup can be a nightmare. Co-signing a loan or credit card with someone means that you're responsible for the entire debt if the other person disappears or decides that they don't want to pay up. If you own the account, you're legally on the hook for every penny charged on it, even if you weren't the person who bought anything. And having a joint bank account means that the other party can drain it at any time. So it's all about trust. And you're the only person who can make the call whether it's in your best interest to mingle some or all of your money with another person. Tip number two, decide what's fair. Alyssa said that she and her boyfriend view their money as ours, not mine or yours. But they're not sure how to handle expenses because one earns more than the other. Let me tell you something, you will always earn more or less than your partner or spouse. And you'll also have different amounts of expenses and debt at different times in your relationship. The financial give and take is never even Stephen. There have been years where my husband earned double or triple my income, while I also incurred big expenses like graduate school. Likewise, there have been years when I was the breadwinner. When you're in a relationship for the long haul, both of your incomes, expenses, debt, and savings are yours to manage as a couple. So all income and expenses should flow through the same joint account. Yes, that's a lot of transparency. And guys, that's the point. When each of you knows the truth about your finances, it builds trust, fosters communication, and allows you to accomplish more together than you ever could alone. However, I must repeat that if you're not 100% committed, there's no rush to merge money. You might choose to split household expenses, like rent, groceries, and utilities, down the middle, or contribute proportionally based on your income or usage. If you're living more as roommates than as a lifelong couple, you're the only one who can decide what's fair financially. There's no right or wrong way to divvy expenses up. Just be clear about what you want, so no resentments build up that could cause problems later on. And by the way, if you're ready to open a joint checking or savings, I created a resource for you that may help you compare the features of the best online bank accounts. It's a handy one-page PDF that you can download from the show notes on the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com, or you can get it by sending me a text message. Just text the words bank online to the number 33444. There's no space between bank and online. It's just one phrase, bank online. Again, send that to the number 33444 and I'll send you out the online bank comparison chart. Okay, moving on to tip number three, which is use good financial tools. No matter if you decide to merge your finances or not, there are some great financial tools that make managing money a breeze. Try a free app like Mint 
that imports all of your bank and credit card transactions into a dashboard. It's perfect when you want to keep track of spending and simple goal setting on the go. Now, if you want a more robust product, I'm a big fan of Quicken desktop software. There are different versions of Quicken, but the starter is just $40. It links to your financial accounts, imports transactions, and gives you a lot more functionality and reporting when compared to Mint. Expenses you need to split up can be assigned to a special account, like joint household expenses. So you can see all of those. They get separated from your personal expenses. And then at the end of the month, you can easily see the total and settle up. If you need to reimburse your partner, PayPal is the most widely used fee-free way to transfer money. You can each create your own paypal.me link. So the payer simply clicks on the link, enters the amount to pay, and then the money is in your PayPal account in seconds. You can keep the money there or then transfer it into your bank account. There are other apps that allow you to send and receive money like Venmo, Google Wallet, and Square Cash. These are all great. Just be aware of the fees that they charge. Some charge upwards of 3%. While that may not sound like a lot, it really adds up over time. So you have to weigh the convenience of these apps with their transactional cost. Tip number four, communicate about money early. Communication is the key to a successful relationship, and it certainly includes a lot of discussion about money. How a partner handles money or opens up to you about it should be a major factor in whether you decide to get serious. You've heard the saying that opposites attract in couples. Maybe you like the beach and he likes the mountains, or you're shy and she's outgoing. Well, financial behaviors and habits in couples can be very different as well. For instance, are you a compulsive spender or a strict saver? Do you swing for the fences or take a conservative approach with investments? Are you at ease with or terrified of debt? A quirky financial tendency that endears you to your significant other in the beginning, like being a free spirit who lives and spends money in the moment, may be a real source of irritation down the road. So watch out for potential problems that may need to be addressed, like overspending, keeping money secrets, or refusing to create a budget. Be honest about both of your good and bad financial habits before merging your finances as a couple. Even if you feel well-aligned financially and you don't see any potential problems, my best advice is to begin talking about money as early in your relationship as possible. Now, I don't mean asking about someone's credit score or their net worth on a first or second date, but by the time you have enough trust in a relationship to ponder collapsing two households into one, you should already be talking about your income, expenses, debt, and savings. This is so important because being at odds about money is a leading cause of breakups. One study showed that the more frequently couples argue about money, the more likely they were to get divorced. I feel really fortunate that my husband and I are more alike than different in how we view life and our finances. But we had our share of fights about money in the early days that had to be ironed out. And if you want to learn more about this topic, I did a podcast that's called How to Choose the Right Partner for Life and Financial Success. That's episode number 402. That may be a good one if you're just starting to date someone or you're looking for somebody to get serious with. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. 
as the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona. La vida mas fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, tip number five, discuss your financial goals. One aspect of good financial communication and a prerequisite before merging money, in my opinion, is talking about your goals. This is the best way to truly know if you're headed in the same direction as a couple. For instance, if your idea of bliss is to make just enough money to live and work while traveling the United States in an RV, but your partner wouldn't dream of leaving his hometown, you may be headed for trouble. Or if your partner spares no expense because she believes life is short, but you want to live frugally, save a huge nest egg, and then retire early, you may have some fundamental financial differences that are irreconcilable. So discuss the specifics of what you want to achieve with your money in the short term, like one to five years from now, and also talk about your long-term dreams for retirement. Some of your long-range plans may change over time, But having huge differences of opinion is something you need to address earlier rather than later. If you're interested in more about goal setting and habits of successful people, I'd encourage you to listen to episode number 432. It's called Six Essential Habits of Financially Successful People. And our last tip, number six, know your financial histories. In addition to discussing your goals for the future, you should also understand what happened in the past. Fortunately, if your partner has bad credit, it doesn't affect yours. However, it may affect your ability to qualify for joint credit accounts, like a credit card, auto loan, or mortgage. If you're not sure what your credit history looks like or how much debt exists in your name, simply pull your credit reports. You can get one report from each of the national bureaus, and those are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. You can get one report for free every year at annualcreditreport.com. You can also get some of your credit reports and your credit scores for free as often as you like when you sign up at one of my favorite sites, Credit Karma. When you already have credit accounts in your name, it's much better for your credit to just maintain them as is. Instead of closing a credit card, which can really hurt your credit, you have two options to share a credit card with your partner, 
You can become a joint account holder, and that's where you get a new card together and you're both co-signers and you share full financial responsibility and you have the account reported on both of your credit reports. Or you can become an authorized user on a partner's existing card where you have no financial responsibility to make payments and you may have the account reported on your credit. Adding an authorized user to your card can be a good strategy to help a partner build or repair poor credit but only if the card reports transactions to his or her credit report. Card companies vary in how they treat authorized users, so be sure to check with your issuer to find out their policy. However, I don't recommend being a joint account holder or adding a partner as an authorized credit card user unless you are 100% committed as a couple. Credit cards are easy to use and also easy to abuse, so they open you up to a huge amount of risk if a partner doesn't use them responsibly. To learn more about authorized users, you might want to listen to a previous show, which is episode number 419, called Credit Card Authorized Users, How to Avoid Getting Burned. If you came to your current relationship after managing your finances on your own for many years, you may want to maintain some amount of financial autonomy. As I mentioned, this is not how it works in my marriage, but I respect that every relationship is different. You may want to keep a small checking or savings account in just your name for your eyes only. As long as you're not using it to commit any financial infidelity, it could be a good solution if you need some leeway. It's also important to note that retirement accounts like 401ks and IRAs must be owned individually. You cannot own a retirement account jointly, so those will always be under your own control. Also, debt that you bring into a marriage remains in your name and is not your spouse's legal responsibility. However, I still recommend tackling all debt as a couple. What's best for the finances of your partnership or marriage begins with candid and respectful conversations about your beliefs, concerns, and goals. If that seems too difficult, you may need to speak with a counselor to help sort it all out. Arrange your coupled finances in a way that works best for you, but also be open-minded about setting new guidelines and changing tactics if how you manage money right now isn't working. From time to time, I hear from people who enjoy the show but aren't subscribed. What's up, guys? Subscribing is free on many apps of your choice, like iTunes or Stitcher. If you're on Android, try out Podcast Addict or Beyond Pod, and make sure you never miss a weekly episode. Money Girl is also on the Spotify mobile app. To keep the conversation going with a terrific community, join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To request your invitation, you can visit the group on Facebook or send me a text message for immediate access. Just text the word DOLLARS, D-O-L-L-A-R-S, to the number 33444. I hope to see you in the group. You can also visit lauradadams.com to send me a direct email with your money question or learn more about me or check out the resources I recommend on my tools page. A big thanks to Alyssa for being a great editor and for sending in that great question. I hope it helped you in your relationship. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. 
or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.